Good morning and welcome to Fencing by the Book, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at the early Lichtenhauer longsword glosses. I'm your host, Mike Smoridge, and joining us are a panel of Michael Chidester, Jess Finley, Stephen Cheney, Kendra Brown, and TQ. This is episode 31, where we'll, be, where we'll be discussing lines 88 to 90 on Zucken, which means something like pulling, yanking, tugging, or jerking, and you can't see the face I'm making right now. Sounds dirty. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Zucken's pretty easy to pronounce for once, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, I guess. Zucken. Everybody just says Zucken without the noise, but... It's not that hard. Sweet. Uh, What have we been up to since the last week? Just quickly, Jess? I've just been working on producing content for the Patreon, so translating more of the Hours Vault Gloss and then going back and editing uh, Von Bauman's wrestling translation and transcription. So. Cool. I just saw you just had a, a new post out about pedagogy. Have you pronounced it? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Pedagogy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael, what have you been up to? I finally finished that stupid giant mistake Talhoffer companion volume and mm-hmm. sent it to the printer on Monday. And I've been relaxing ever since, except not really, because ever since then I've been doing paperwork and working on shipping problems with the book. But the companion volume is shipping to all the backers as soon as it prints which Sweet. is about 220-something people. Yeah, it's an awesome cool. book, and I'm glad it exists. I just wish I didn't have to make it. <laughs> uh, Steve, what have you been up to? I, so I was reminded of this, of this uh, game that I had my, my club play a while ago where you fence and then... Like when there's a hit, you basically fence like normal and there's a judge. And when somebody gets hit, they roll a 20-sided die. And then depending where they get hit, there's like a minimum roll that if they get above that roll, they survive. And if they get below that roll, they die. So like mm-hmm. something like the arm or like the torso will be, you know, cut to be the torso will be worth less than like a stab to the face. Yeah. Okay. Um, which the yeah. idea behind that was... Does the judge roll or does the fencer roll? The fencer rolls because it's more fun that way. (laughs) Cool. And the idea being that no matter where you get hit, like there's some places that are more dangerous than others, but no matter where you get hit, there's like, there's always a chance that you'll be debilitating and there's always a chance that you'll like be able to like walk it off. Like people survive crazy stuff, but they also die to, you know, very, small things cool so i kind of went off on that idea a little bit lately after talking to uh jack uh gasman because he was talking about a like a uh that he was going to do over the summer where he had all this like information and he's like what if you gave somebody boosts or like you know um negative boosts i guess like to introduce hidden information so then I started like making, you know, cards and stuff that would give you boosts and, you know, uh, uh, benefits and, and uh, downfalls and stuff. And okay, so it became like, asymmetrical and hidden yeah, information. Now, now I have, yeah, it's become a monster. And now I have like a, this whole game that I'm working on and it's going to be fun. So cool. Uh, Kendra, what have you been up to? I have been working on the terrifying question, what do I need to do to the Latin Love Gloss before I can release it to the world? Nothing. It's perfect the way it is. <laughs> so exciting, but also terrifying. Cool. And T, what have you been up to? Uh, nothing much fencing related. Work has been manically busy uh, for the last week or so. And cool. will be for a while yet. Fair play. Uh, I have done nothing on the reading side of HEMA. I had a really nice fencing session last week. Sorry, everybody that's in lockdown, where we did some little games, getting more like judge sparring, where the judging doesn't really matter, but it's getting people used to it and getting people used to fencing to halt. 
yeah, that was really nice. And I had a late shift last night with no work to do, so I just went to the work gym. That's a win. I trust that nobody from work's listening to this except for Adrian. But don't dob me in Adrian. <laughs> All right. So, Zuckin, uh, German, can you add German? Can you give us the Steve version of the gloss? Steve, can you give us the German version of the gloss? Um, I'll do my best. Oh, wow. Quantum Leap, by the way, is the name of that show. Ah. So, do you remember halfway through? Okay, here we go. Tritt nähen in Binden, das Zucken gibt gute Finden. Zug trifft er Zug mehr, Arbeit er finde, das tut ihm der. Zug allen treffen, den meisten will du sie ethen. Wow, it's almost as if Jerry was in the room. Yeah, right. Can you give us the, the translation as well from Harry's uh, version? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Step close in the bind, pull, and what you seek, you'll find. Pull, and if he meets, pull more. Work and find what makes him sore. Pull whenever you are bound. Any masters you'll confound. Thank you very much. So this is a pretty short, compact little section of gloss to it. It's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, we only actually have... There's three plays in total that you see in the different RDL copies, and no copy has more than two of them, so there's not that much stuff here. All right, before we dive into the gloss itself, um, Jess won't be able to be with us for all that long because she has real-world commitments. So does anybody have something that they want to say about the language side of things? Or Jess, what, what would you like to... What wisdom would you like to dispense? Well, I don't know about wisdom, but I think it's important... Um, to, to note that um, Zucken is one of the, the few Hauptstücke that also shows up in armor explicitly, um, and uh, which, which makes sense when you're in, in either holding a, holding a spear in two hands or, or in half sword, as we call it, right? That um, the easiest way, if you're in, in a lower flug-ish guard, to, to disengage is to zook is just simply to to pull your your weapon back and and re-engage either on the same side or on the other side um, and so like that's really informed the way I do it and the way I think about it and and specifically that the the important part of this is not about how you return or how you hit them but simply the pulling back to to get free of the bind sweet yeah, yeah that makes sense do we conversely, I wonder if we see it in pony at all in in the the horse combat. Because if you're sort of like on a set trajectory past each other, then I imagine it'd be really hard to to pull back to disengage. I haven't rem sorry. I was just gonna say I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't memorized all the horse plays, but I don't remember it ever coming up uh by name. Cool. The 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 short versus long stuff on horse is mostly done by shortening your weapon in advance and engaging with a shorter weapon. So they come in, you parry them, and then you can do an action later. But doing yeah. a, a long action and then a second action is less common. Yeah, like moving moving from lance to sword or sword to dagger. Yeah. You know, yeah, but not really, not really. So I think the closest might be um, the Turkish how. Where where you engage with a bind and then cut around with in in, in a sense a, a sphere, and so yeah. I guess that that argues you know is a sphere cut around a zook and and that can be we can argue about that all day. Yeah, but it certainly doesn't use doesn't explicitly use the word there. Yeah, I just uh, searched the uh, the Danzig pony and Zuken doesn't not come up in it. Ooh. Cool. So, yeah, that's sweet. That's good to know. I wonder if it comes up in Dagger. I wonder if it comes up everywhere that we haven't been reading to prepare for this episode. <laughs> because, like... I thought of that beforehand. <laughs> yeah. In, in, like, Dagger fighting, when somebody blocks you, normally you pull back to attack again. Again, I it shows up in wrestling. 
We know Ooh. it's in wrestling. You sewing machine. Pull their <laughs> yeah. arm. Yeah, I can't immediately think of it coming up in dagger as an action that like the person who's just done a thrust is. It might turn up as mm. a if you've caught their caught their hand, you you pull their hand towards you kind of thing like wrestling. Yep. But again, I'm not as conversant with the details of all the plays. Alright. Sweet. So I'll jump into the gloss now, if that's good. Well let's talk about the meaning of the Right, yeah, let's talk about them. Um, no, wait, what did we just leave? Oh. T? Yeah, no, we we can't talk about it. Sorry, T. Is he back? So meaning, meaning first, then gloss. Yeah, meaning, meaning of Zukan. So I was just going to say, different. Uh, this is probably one of the terms that's least consistently translated by translators. Uh, people quibble about what, what they're going to call some of the five cuts, I guess. Um, Twerhau gets some weird ones, but. Zuken, like everybody has their own pet translation, and they all have kind of similar meanings but different connotations. So mm. ones which are pretty common are pulling, yeah, pulling, yanking, retracting, jerking, twitching. Uh, I can't immediately think of any others that somebody's used, but there's probably something else uh, that's been been referenced by someone. Um, and they all have the same common feature of being about shortening like bringing something towards you, but except for twitching, of course, which doesn't really, but they, they have kind of different sort of ideas. Tugging, tugging is another one I think that somebody uses. So they all have different ideas and I'd be interested from the translators on the call in hearing why they've chosen the ones they've chosen when they chose to translate this. Well, formerly I, I was translating it as jerk. And then I got tired of all the jokes <laughs> that can be made about, like, like most simply, it's retracting, but it's from the same root as tractor in English, or like tractor beam. And oh, which Ray, is like move or pull. It means pull, yeah, pull, draw. Yeah. Um, but the Ray prefix can be either back or again. Um, annoyingly, just like in English, when you have pullback. But yeah, it's not really excitingly different. It's just pullback, pull again. So the thing about Dukin as a word is that uh, I believe, and this comes from Christian Trosclair, that it's an intensified version of the verb Zion, which just means to pull. So whatever version of pull, but more so, you can come up with is a valid translation for it. There's also, I think in, in modern, so contemporary German sort of parlance, Dukin is sort of a flinch reflex. So they use it like, uh, someone told me, it's like if you someone bumps into you in the crowd and you instinctively pull back slightly to sort of free up your, clear your space, that's a Dukin in, in 21st century German. So, and it may be possibly in 15th as well. We don't really know. But so it's, Today it has a connotation of sort of a, a slight flinching pullback, but in general the word just sort of means any kind of abrupt or intense pulling or drawing back movement. I say draw back because I try to, I, I don't really, or I guess I should say in the past I've had it as draw back because I don't really have a, or even withdraw, because I don't, know how much I trust the idea that it's supposed to be like an aggressive movement um, based on my understanding of how language has changed. But I think that all these translations capture the same idea and they're all fine. I'm happy with jerking. I'm happy with pull. Here we go. Bot's back. All right. Who knows how much that it got. So we just learned that Zukan is also the term used for drawing your sword from its scabbard, which is super nifty and cool and interesting. And so the bot dropped out. Steve is demonstrating Zukan for us now. Um, when I'm teaching, I tend to kind of translate it live to yank, uh, which I quite like because it has the connotation of abrupt movement, not like it's... It, it, it's both bringing something back and also doing it kind of sharply or quickly. Uh, whereas pulling and retracting and so on have like, I, I want a word which both has the directional connotation and the, the force or abruptness or immediacy connotation. 
and yank is my preferred yeah. one for for that kind of to inter to capture the overlap of both of those sensors but yeah when i did my translation that's never going to see the light of day i went with yank because it's like pool but more so the by the and way the, as for a list of all the possible translations the Hans Madel translation I have from Christian here in front of me, he translated it as disengage. So, yeah, but last week's episode was on What? Last week's episode was also on disengages. Yeah, but I mean, you, you could see. So the word abzug, which we mostly know from Meyer, has zuken in it. It's abzuken is the verb, and abzug is sort of the noun form of it. So. There's a connection there as well between withdrawing as a phase or action in the fight and duke in the play, or at least as a linguistic connection. They're both things where you're drawing away from your opponent. Yeah, that's actually a point that's worth uh, bringing out because in I went and did an inventory of all the cases where RDL tells you to like absuk, and most of those are talking about blade actions, not about footwork. Um, like the the times not in this this little section where it talks about abzug or abzug um, are things like when you're when somebody leaves the bind with you. Um, it's sometimes described as described in this way uh, and stuff like that. So it's definitely a a parallel which I think is often missed in modern Hema, and that's a good argument for withdraw or disengage or something. I guess um, especially disengage in a very kind of traditional sense of leave the engagement go away. Right. So, I mean, if you want to capture both senses, it may be best to rely on multiple words, like abruptly disengage, even though that's not as pithy. Perhaps, um, yeah. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a place where we can't find one English word that captures all possible German meanings. I hate it when that happens, but it does happen sometimes. Or all the time, actually. There's another thing that I just noticed, which you said that there's a uh, in which is pulling, and then Tsukin is a more intensified version of Tsukin. And then we also, in the glosses, get Fatsukin, which maybe can be seen as a more intensified version of Tsukin. So, right, and Fatsukin is when you're fainting and you pull your sword away from your opponent's reaction, right? Yeah. Frost also uses it in um, his version of von Bauman. Yeah, for, there's a plan there. Yeah, the one where you put around and do a little unterhau or half you to the other person's elbow. So maybe more generally, um, going from one thing and cutting around with a how like action or an action that goes all the way around. But I guess we'll get to that. Is, is that not in Wallerstein? I think it is. I think Fetsuken is in Wallerstein. It is. That's... I found it now, yeah. Although the last three words are apparently completely, so. Yeah, I've been reading through the rest again, and we should we should uh, get on track with this. <laughs> um, a couple of people have mentioned abrupt and immediate, which I think first got mentioned as Michael was not using words that specifically contained that because he wanted to get rid of that. So is that abrupt and immediate sense in other words in the glosses? Where does that come from? It's not in the Latin version. There's nothing about speed or suddenness. I believe it's entirely about how you want to understand the verb itself. I think that the text of the gloss is ambiguous in that sense. It doesn't tell you what intensity you're working at. Unless there's a word that, I, you, that, that I'm missing here. I would broadly agree with that. I think that the play is like... The idea of... Well, in React, Abname and Azuken are basically the same thing, so... Yeah, um, that's why I chose that example. Well, let's yeah. say Dirk Vexel. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to be slower with Dirk Vexel than you are with Zuken? So I would say that in Zuken there are... How would I summarize this? I guess we should maybe talk about the plays before we talk about this. Um, yeah. Oh, I've, I've got an argument, but for later. Why don't you um, give us the plays, and then I'll come back to that question. Put it on the so, list. 
so the gloss super quickly it starts with a little paragraph which is just like generally setting it out which goes remember that drawing back pertains to driving against the masters who parry and bind strongly on your sword and in the bind of swords remain standing still and wait to see if you will unbind or hew away or withdraw from the sword before them so that they can then use pursuit towards your exposure if you want to trick or deceive those same masters then drive the drawing back against them like this when you come towards him with your onset, then hew in strongly from above your right towards his head. If he then drives with his sword strongly forward with the hew and wants to displace or hews towards your sword, then draw your sword back upon yourself before he binds thereon and thrust him to the other side. Likewise, if he binds you with displacement or otherwise on the sword, then tread near him in the bind on the sword and draw your sword back from his above and hew in again towards the toward the other side of his head. If he displaces a second time, then strike in again above towards the other side and work swiftly with the redoubling according to the upper exposures which may occur to you, or otherwise with other plays to his nearest exposure. And do that against all hitting and binding on of the swords. And there's another bit. Zip. Likewise, another jerking back. Likewise, when he is bound on your sword, if he then stands against you in the bind and waits to see if you will draw yourself back from the sword, then act as if you want to draw back, but remain on his sword and only draw your sword halfway back, and then quickly thrust in again towards his face or his breast. If you do not land the thrust correctly, then work with the redoubling or other plays which are best. Basically, be what you know. So, yeah, we've got a setup and three plays. The first of the plays is. You go as if a bind's about to occur, but in fact you you cancel that attack and attack on another line, so a compound attack. The second of those is you're in the bind and you disengage and attack the other side. But you can double that up so you faint the disengage and attack back on the same line. And the last one, you faint the disengage but attack back on the same line. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, it's worth noting. So yeah. there's cool. three different plays, but the first one in each and the glasses is different between Rigek and the rest. Or at least the text is different. The actual physical motion may or may not be. That's always an interesting point. So coming back to the question of do these need to be done super fast, I the thing I feel about them is that they need to be done, or I find they work best if they're done the, the zooking part, the shortening part, the yanking part is done quickly enough that you've started the next action inside your opponent's reaction cycle. Yeah. My, my argument would be that if you imagine there's a space between your, you and your opponent with, let's say, Abnehmen or Dershwekshen, their sword can be in the same place and still moving towards you, and you're going right the way around it. Whereas with this, if their sword's in the space and it's coming towards you, you need to pull all the way back towards you and go back in. Which leaves you a lot more open for being um, naturalized without having a response. It's kind of... That one's a little bit fuzzy, because the flip side is you at least have your sword in between, and you can do kind of short-armed parries. Um, but the, the, the execution I've found most useful for, the, for these actions is basically that they work particularly well for me against somebody who's going to try and act when they feel me leaving the bind. And the way they work best for that is that they, by the time they feel me leaving and can begin to react to it, I've already started a new action that nullifies their action. Right? Because there's there's obviously a reaction time delay between the point when I pull my sword off their sword and the point when they can begin to try and hit me. And if I've started to come in and hit them again in that moment, then, then their action isn't going to work at all. But if I haven't started yet, then their action might be able to lock mine out. So I tend to look at these as I want to pull away and be starting again in under one normal human reaction cycle. So that by the time you're trying to capitalize on me leaving the bind, I've come back into it, or I've hit you on the other side. Does this mean you're the guy in Meyer who can run around and hit your opponent in the head from behind before he moves? Not necessarily. <laughs> um, 
it works best when somebody has it, or that particular approach works particularly well when somebody has engaged in the bind and is deliberately has deliberately mentally committed to waiting for you to do something. Um, and being in the bind means that the distance is quite close and there isn't much necessary footwork for most of these actions. Right. So you're arguing then that because the person has decided to wait, they have to decide to move after that, which means you have time to, to act in there. Yes, exactly. But I only have my the window I can do something really nasty, really clever in is only the window between when I start to move and when they perceive me start to move, right? Because once they perceive me start to move, they can do their reaction that they've planned to me leaving. And because that's quite a small window, especially in a bind, I have to do the action I want to do very quickly, um, or at least begin the action I want to do very quickly. That's like uh, 200 to 300 milliseconds, right? More like 200, because it's a physical cue, not a visual cue. Yeah, good luck with um, that. You can do that. Uh, that's, that's cool. you, you can definitely do it, but you have to absolutely not hang around on starting to go forward again once you pull backwards. Now, how does that relate to Ring X version, where you're not pulling backwards on the blade? Just pull back with a step forwards. Like, you, I pull the hands back while I step forwards past the point, and then I throw the cut in. And again, I need to be getting forwards and kind of past their point a bit before they can start to stick their point out, because otherwise I jump onto it. <laughs> is the, the rough, the short answer. It's difficult to explain something like this in verbal. Whatever. But isn't withdrawing your sword above a pretty obvious cue that different from pulling your sword backwards? It's pulling... And also so... a longer motion? It depends how much you want to pull it back versus pull it up. Um, if I have a sword out, right, I can lift it mostly upwards and maybe a little bit back and cut in on the other side, or I can lift it mostly backwards and maybe a little bit up and cut in on the other side. Um, and the second one is a bit tighter and quicker um, and a bit less obvious. And so it's the second one I do for Ring X Zuken and more the first one I do for Ring X Abnamen. The Abnamen is mostly up, some back. The Zuken is mostly back, some up. I, I don't quite understand, but I don't think I could, you can explain it better than that on the podcast. So, <laughs> with the yeah, IGX twenty twenty two require in person action. Yeah, by just to come back to the question of why isn't this a thing in Dirkfexon? Then, in something like Dirkfexon, where or in a place where you're trying to throw a feint and exploit their reaction, you need to let their reaction begin and go far enough before you can actually exploit it. I'm reminded of a, uh, in an article by Alan Evans about modern fencing coaching, he talks about trying to deal with a student who were trying to teach a student who was struggling with his feints, because the guy was incredibly quick and he would step forward and do a, a faint disengaged thrust. Um, and he did it so fast that his opponents couldn't actually react to it. And he just slammed his sword into their guard because they hadn't started to move by the time he hit, by the time he tried to hit them. And he was like, my disengages are too slow. I always get parried. And Alan was like, no, the, the problem is your disengages are actually too fast. You, you know, if I want to move your sword in a particular way so that I can hit you behind it or whatever, I need you to start moving your sword for me to do that. If I just do it without you moving, it won't work. Whereas here, I'm trying to do something before you start moving your sword. So that wants a shorter time frame. Now, from a particular, from a specifically textual point of view, is it significant that Danzig and Lev tell you that you're doing this before the, the he can parry you, and Ringak tells you that you get parried and then you begin this action? Or do you think this is just a quirk of wording and they both have the same setup? I don't think they're describing the same setup. I think they're showing a different setup. Um, okay. Uh, for the first the first play. So in Ringek, he actually wants you to let them bind on your sword before you zook. Well, I think in Ringek, he wants you to hit them in the face. And if they happen to bind on your sword, then you zook. Like, it, it is less implied that they are trying to parry you as more. You throw your cut at them, and if they do parry, then you can do this thing. Would be my reading of Ringek. Hmm. Well, this kind of goes back. So a while ago, when I was talking about my uh, the the new 
interpretation of this that I've been going with, which is drawing back instead of, well, they're both drawing back, but going up instead of going straight back. I think you mentioned, Michael, in the uh, HEMA Discord, what makes this something that's good against masters? Which we probably would have gotten to that anyway, but I'm going to bring it up now. <laughs> and one of the uh, well, that's that's an interesting question that I didn't really have a good answer to. But one of the things that I thought maybe could be is that this master that we're talking about really wants to bind us, and when we're in a bind, he's really good at it. And he'll, you know, assess if you want to do whatever. So by avoiding the bind completely, we're staying out of his area of excellence, and uh, therefore confusing the master, if you will. I don't know. But um, mm. yeah, just just a little uh, wild possibility that I thought of. Yeah, the I definitely think there's a thing where mastery versus like masters are often implied to be people who are wanting to bind and act with feeling from the bind, and feeling is really quick. But like, if you are, you can feed someone a cue with feeling and then start to do another thing very quickly yourself if you pre-plan like both parts of that. Like I I pull my sword back a bit so you feel me get weaker in the bind. And I'm thinking, you're going to feel me get weaker, and as soon as you do that, what you're going to do is thrust, because that's what you're going to try and do whenever you feel me get weaker in the bind. So I can pull back and then push forward, knowing that I'm about to take your weak and hit you. Um, right, and that's an argument possibly also for splitting up these two plays into two different cases, um, where you have the masters who bind with parrying, and the people, not necessarily masters, who remain standing like idiots in the bind and don't do anything and wait for you to act. And maybe a different play for each one of those. I added the like idiots part. That's not explicit in the text, but remaining in the huh. bind and waiting to see what you're going to do in the bind is in the text. So this is, this is also a reason why I don't think that glossators hear sometimes uh, people talking about seeking the bind and the idea that we should seek out a bind in order to, you know, force these indes things to work. And I don't think that that's what the glossators want us to do. I think they want us to act correctly if a bind happens, but not to go out of our way to seek it out, because that's what our opponent is trying to do here, and this is how you beat that person. It, it may be that masters. Well, it, there's a lot of ways you could parse the text about masters here, because um, it says, you know, that they. It's this is used against masters who bind strongly with parrying on the sword, which might mean masters are people who parry everything. They're great at that, or just masters who are really good when they parry, and their parries are hella strong. Um, so you can't actually fight their parry, and you do this instead. Um, I think those are both valid readings of the text. So either someone who always parries or someone who, if they happen to parry, is going to win that bind. Yeah. And remember also that it uh, metal adds that they will, um, what they specifically want to do when they bind on your sword is wait for you to leave and throw and chase you. And that's a particular thing where having that, trying to do your leaving and restarting an action very fast, um, becomes a counter to it. If you do it slowly, you'll get hit. Um, because they'll... So this is against people using feeling, eh? Yeah, it's a way... It is legitimately a way you can deal with somebody using feeling. Because you've... By the time they have the information from you about what you are doing, that information is no longer accurate if you do it inside one reaction cycle. Now, do you think that the action of drawing your sword straight back is designed to confuse their feeling, to give them the wrong, to make them feel something that's not actually happening. Because you're maintaining the bind, and all that's happening is the place where your sword is binding is changing. Um, is that designed to throw a wrench in their feeling? Sorry, a spanner for the British people. <laughs> I think it partially is. It gives you, 
you can even, especially if you zook back and a little bit towards your left shoulder, um, you can kind of make it feel like you're staying in the bind while you aren't. Um, and then you just slip off the end um, and can immediately come back in. Like there, there, there isn't really a detectable difference in the pressure because you can't feel where on your sword somebody is contacting you. You can only feel the amount of pressure they're putting onto your sword and where it is kind of changes that pressure. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I pull back towards your, the weak of your sword, that would reduce the pressure. But if I also move your sword across as I do it, that kind of like I can balance it out. So you're talking about the short edge wrenching when you're doing this then? Yeah. You pull it back like with the short edge pushing across on their sword a bit. And if you balance everything yeah. just right, there's very little pressure cue that you're retre retracting in the bind until the moment you fall off the end of the sword. And then the moment you do fall off the end of the sword, you shoot straight back in. That's a new Zookin interpretation to me that I was trying to figure out last year before HEMA stopped and before COVID. And I think I like more than the ones that I know that I was taught in the past, which I hate all of them. Um, but I don't know how well that actually works under pressure. Um, has anyone else? I know T, you probably learned it directly from Travis, but has anyone else played with that? Nope. I learned it from Travis. You're right. Yeah. I also learned it from Travis. And he swears by it. And in fact, he thinks that the word can specifically refers to that action. Um, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be rude. Right right to say, but. You're talking about uh, wrenching as you come back, right? Yeah, basically pulling with your short edge towards your left shoulder. Yeah, I've tried it, and I've never gotten it to work. I always, I always get hit whenever I try it. So take mm -hmm. that for what it's worth. I guess maybe I'm doing it wrong. Well, let me let me just throw out a a, a basic level question, which is. What are your mechanics for Dukin? Since I don't know that we're all doing the same thing. If you could describe it in one sentence, what, what is the action that you're doing? All right, all right this is where I'm going to throw a real spanner in the works because I basically cannot do a successful Zukin from Flug at the moment. On the other hand, I've, I play this weird um, B game with a, a left ox hanger nought. That confuses the hell out of people because they they're not used to fencing people in ox. And I have a load of success with Zukun in ox because people are expecting the fair hail round. So if you manage to get a bind and you pull back a little bit, then instantly they're flinch parrying to the other side. In my huh. experience, yeah, that would work. It does not say what guard you're going to be in for this. So, for a while, no, I was... if you're cutting in from above, then you'll probably be in long point ish. Yeah. So you can end up in ox guard there. For a while, I was playing with an interpretation of this where you zooked by pulling very sharply back to like a super retracted hanger, either high or low, depending on what you're trying to do. It kind of worked okay. Um, that, that, the... that, seems, that seems to be for the uh, Dantzig and Lev. I think that's the interpretation that most people go with. Just pulling, leaving leaving the sword horizontal and pulling back towards yourself, but the point still pointed towards their your opponent until yeah. you clear the raid and then stabbing in on the other side. Yeah, and that's real hard. Yeah, I agree. That's the one I went with for a while because I didn't think that there was... I don't know. I couldn't think of anything else that it could be. Now I go with pulling the sword back so it's vertical and then dropping the point in on the other side. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned at one point that basically there's, there's three disengages in German longsword. There's Abnehmen, Durchwäschelm, and Zuken. And if Dutch Wex, you know, last week's episode is like a little circle underneath, and Ab Naaman is a big cut round, then Zukun has to be pulling back directly towards you and going back in. And I'm not sure how true that is anymore. I don't know anything. That's what I've learned doing this podcast. 
Steve, do you see that as being the same as what Ringek is describing, the same physical motion with a different cue, or is it a different physical motion? It's it's more or less the same. The, I mean, the difference is I'm not going for a cut. I'm going for a thrust. And mm -hmm. when, I, when I actually do this in, in sparring, I... Cross will usually be horizontal because that's how I do, that's how I engage with like uh, point forward stuff and like long point. I have my thumb on the flat and the, uh, the cross is horizontal to the ground, parallel to the ground. So if the person is too close, I end up hitting them in the head with the flat. But um, it's also really good to um, it's a really good position to uh, do a flick from, so you can kind of flick the point in into a stab and maybe go around a parry or, you know, get things that maybe you shouldn't because your blade is flexy. This <laughs> <laughs> is not how actual fencing flicks work. They work differently. Um, the, I basically see the special flick from, uh, Yeah, it's called the a Krell Um <laughs> I basically see the, uh, the mechanic as being largely the same. The difference to me in whether you land as a cut or a thrust is whether you take a step forward while you're doing it. Um, like if I if I shorten my arms and lift the point up, and I step forward and then I extend them out again, I'm going to land a cut because I was at a range where I was pretty much in thrust range, and now I've stepped closer, so I'm going to hit you with the edge. Whereas if I do the same shortening and lifting the point, and then I just shoot straight back in without taking a step or taking a little sideways step or something which doesn't collapse the distance, then it's going to land, land with the point again. So I don't think you need to really change the mechanic to do the Danzig versus Ringek version of that. You just uh, pick whether you step forward while you do it. If you step forwards, you're going to land a cut as the second action. If you don't step forwards, you're going to land uh, thrust as the second action. Yeah. It's a, I mean, there's the whole like step nearing and binds thing from the Zettle, which kind of indicates that this should be something that you can do at close range. And I think even if you are stabbing, um, if you're at very close range, you can't really disengage below. There's not there's not very much there's not enough space. Mm. But you can do the Zukin, and you know if you T Rex arm it, you can stab. It's probably better to cut at that point, but. You can yeah. do a stab if you really want to. But um, also, isn't it quite explicit that if your stab doesn't work, then you could do clearing? Sure, yeah. You do I mean, that's a nice close range action. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the go to for everything. Like, oh, if it doesn't work, just do a do clearing mm. and be good to go. Oh, if that doesn't work, then just work to the nearest exposure. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. That's all there is to it. Just keep um, going. Um, the, the cool thing about the pulling up version, the, the vertical version, is that it kind of it uh, partners well with the Durchwechseln because the Durchwechseln becomes a disengage below and the Zukin is just a disengage above. So you kind of have a nice pair there of, um, of things. Whereas the pulling straight back keeping the sword horizontal doesn't really pair as well. And you can sometimes even question what the difference is between doing one or the other as you're going below either way. But, uh, yeah. Agreed. I guess my basic summary would be that I, like in terms of categorizing all the different disengages, is that if I'm going to go over your point, I think it's Abnehmen. If I'm going to try and come back off your point, I think it's Zuken. And if I'm going to go under your hilt, I call it Derfrexon. But that's more a easy modern categorization thing. Oh, and if my point's going to come back around my own head, I call it um, Umschlagen. <laughs> no argument there. Even with the Umschlagen. <laughs> Umschlagen is in RDL. It is. It's in the. Uh, I think it's in Schreckmünster or something. Schlagen. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's like it's just turning the thing into a magic word, right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, if it doesn't say Umschlagen, we don't accept it. Yeah. So, Jess sadly had to leave. 
but we were talking about the the Tukin and it turns out that she had switched from my current interpretation to my old interpretation at the same time that I switched my old one to my new one. So now she's going with the uh, pulling straight back, leaving the sword uh, horizontal. And I want to uh, maybe defend that on her behalf a little bit. Um, Go for it, Steve. Yeah. So it, and this is actually uh, reasoning that, that I used myself for uh, having this interpretation, but in the armor section, when you see the Tsukin, you know, if you're in half-sword like that, then it is definitely, like, there's not really much argument that it's not pulling straight back, because you're, you know, you're, your hand's on the blade, there's not very much blade to work with, so it's it's uh, less of a chance of getting it caught on anything, so you just pull it straight back, dab it in, like uh, sewing machine style. Yeah. Um, like dagger fighting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in that sense, yes, it, it can be um, you know, pulling straight back horizontally. I've just never gotten that type of thing to work in sparring in like unarmored in, in blows fiction so and i've tried it just doesn't seem like a good idea it leaves you open it's uh yeah you can't do it close range but in armor for sure yeah it definitely is that especially if you're getting to quite close range in boss i like it feels more natural to sort of shorten you pull back and hook the point in into a, p a position more like that. So you can you can to a degree change which style you're doing as the distance collapses is I think also a reasonable thing. Like as long as the sword, as long as your sword is being pulled back towards you, then you're probably in. You're probably reasonable to call what you're doing Zuken, whether it is a point up, sort of longer range Zuken, or a point stays forward, shorter range Zuken like a sewing machine. Both of them are congruent enough with the text to be arguably correct. The thing I don't like about the point forwards one, especially in longer range, is that it just like it's leaving the weak of your sword directly in presence the whole time. Which means it's relatively easy to get your weak uh your weak taken by somebody who's trying to work in the bind against you. Whereas pulling back, like shortening the arms and letting the point lift up. Uh, refuses your weak and makes it a lot harder for them to to do anything clever against you in the bind. If they try and shoot forward, they're always going to be on your strong, um, which is really helpful for counter thrusting back in. Yeah, that's that's another point. That's another good point. Um, yeah, if they're because so if if Danzig is to be believed here, <laughs> then the opponent's plan is to wait for you to disengage or or you know pull. Do like an umschlag or whatever, cut around to the other side, and then pursue you with the point as you're doing that. So if as soon as you start to pull back, your opponent starts to shoot in the point, now your strong's just on their weak, so you just drop the point in and you know easily set them aside and stab. On this general, sorry. Yeah, I just I just wanted to say that about the movement itself. The the glosses or you know Danzig and Lev are very vague about what exactly you're supposed to be doing here. They just say uh, retract your sword to yourself, um, took you know your sword to yourself. So it's 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 pretty you know open interpretation as to what exactly that movement is. Any movement that's kind of moving you your sword towards you will fit the text. Yeah. Dan Pope from uh, Scholar Victoria down in Melbourne. Um, I think Melbourne, definitely Victoria. Um, fun guy. Uh, wrote a really nice article uh, last year sometime about extension and collection, which are in the context of writing, um, which are like two different sort of gait patterns you can have on the horse. Um, and paralleling this to fencing both footwork and blade work but it pretty much boils down to like long and extended and short and contracted 
And short mm. lets you move very versatilely, very smoothly in a lot of directions, whereas long is like strong and explosive and is you and a lot of movement patterns. One one of the points in that article is that a lot of movement patterns are like a cycle between long and short. Um, so you extend and then you collect and then you extend again. And so from this perspective, you end up with a if you apply this idea to Zuckin, you end up with a, a Zuckin play that's pretty much um I shoot out my I throw out my cut, which is long, extended. Then I shorten, I collect my sword back in, and I have options to go wherever I like. I can f drop in the point, I can throw in a cut, I can do whatever. And while I do that, they extend um, because they're trying to chase me. And now I can extend again, taking their weak and counter thrust them, or I can have already begun to uh, step away and cut on the other side. Or you know, but you get this very nice natural extend retract extend cycle that's actually really easy to do in fencing because uh, it's sort of a thing your body likes to do is that sort of flow it's a natural movement pattern in that sense um, it's a good article and worth reading cool uh link to it i'll drop it in the show notes or forget to like i normally do i was just digging it up sweet um has anybody got anything else that they want to bring up or should we begin to wrap up Dun, dun, dun. Amazing. Might, this episode might be less than an hour, Steve. I have one to conclude with, which is that this is the end of Hans Madel. That his gloss oh. stops abruptly with the title about Zukin, and then that's the end of the page, and the next page is a completely different document. So there's no Hans yes. Madel for this or any future Hauptstück. I guess I should also. That this is that the Zukin is not in uh, Yergville home. He skips from Abzetzen directly to Abschneiden. So none of the without Deutschmauer for me either. Correct. So wow. none of these fly over Hauptstück. But uh, I live in hope that someday we'll find a complete copy of Hans Madel so we can know what he has to say about this. And I'm sure he'll clear up all of our confusion. And about Dorkloffen as well. There's no confusion about Hende Drukken, so I'm sure that's fine. Cool. This episode concludes our little section on disengages, doesn't it? So we're putting aside all of these big complicated sword actions, and we're getting to what longsword fencing is really about. Pile driving people. <laughs> yeah, being a brute and throwing your opponent on their ass. So. Which are not is not technical or complicated at all, believe me. Yeah, no, it's 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 real easy. You just need to be big and strong. Bastard. Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Fencing by the Book, episode thirty-two on uh jerking, yanking, tugging. Tune in next week for uh running through.